You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Cleveland. Hello, Browns fans. As we bring you the latest edition of your favorite daily Cleveland Browns podcast, Locked on Browns, your team every day. Your host, Jeff Lloyd. On Twitter, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd, Locked on Browns. Uh, follow back account, DMs are open. Uh, questions, ideas. Obviously, the uh, content's really starting to pick up here. The action within the NFL starting to pick up here. We are joined today by Sports Illustrated's Pete Smith. Uh, big day NFL-wise. So your franchise tags done, handed out. Um, the market is starting to shape up a little bit more. Um, of course, a lot of teams are still trying to say, oh, we don't know. We, we, we still still feel good about our negotiations and, and possibilities. But uh, guys, hit the open market. You have no way of knowing how any of this can go ahead and unfold. Uh, Pete, uh, the, you know, the board starts to become a little bit more clear today. Um, certainly a couple of you know head scratchers, Cincinnati choosing not to retain or at least give themselves first priority at any of their two top defenders, the saints. I don't know what's going on down there. I don't know what kind of mathematicians they think they have, but the commitment of, you know, monetary demands they just gave to Marcus Williams basically undid some of the good work they had done in the past couple of days. Uh, wacky, crazy Tuesday, Pete, but, uh, you know, here we are essentially one week out of, or even less than one week out of the legal wink wink tampering period shit's about to get crazy but well i don't like the saints um i was kind of no, i don't think anyone brown wise likes the saints I, I think i was you know there was there was this fun idea that they were going to let marcus williams just go um and i don't know the um i don't know that they're done necessarily that that's a given that he's going to stay but they're at least given a shot, and and I, you know I get it. He's he's, you know, it's not like covered all that much because there's been so much with like Dak Prescott and some of these other things. But you know he's the best player out there, period, uh, that you can get in free agency. So um, he's a big deal. Uh, he's 24. I mean, he's younger than Miles Garrett, uh, and he's you know a lead at his position. So we'll see. I mean, it, it may be a trade type scenario. It may be. Uh, you know, they, they're going to pull a miracle out. Who knows? But, you know, they, they cleared up like $15 million in space and it's already gone because they franchised him. Um, so now they have to basically dig out like $70 million to, to find a way to keep him. I and mean, if they sign him to a long-term deal, theoretically, they could, you know, get that first year to be like a really, really low number and then pay him a ton following year. But nevertheless, it's going to be, it's going to be a challenge. Um, I, I don't know what the Lions are doing. Um, you know, you don't tag Kenny Galladay. You don't tag Romeo Aquara. I get not tagging Aquara, but it feels like maybe a transition tag or something. But Kenny Galladay is a really, really good receiver, and you're basically content to get a third-round pick in comp, you know, compensation in the year. Next year. It seems questionable to me when you're a team that needs assets. Um, so that stuff's weird. 
Uh, on the plus side, you know, John, John Johnson did not get tagged. The Rams are, you know, not as broke as the Ram, as the uh, Saints, but they are broke. Um, and he's, you know, barely a step down from Williams. He's a little older, but he's great. Um, I, I love both of these guys coming out of college, you know. So, I mean, really, it's a celebration of me. But, you know, if, if <laughs> you can get a guy like, you know, John Johnson. You know, to me, I, I thought, you know, Marcus Williams, if the Browns, you know, if the Browns or anyone other than the Saints were to get him, it shifts the balance of power to the NFL. I don't think John Johnson is that different. Um, had some injury stuff uh, that sort of hurt him recently, but you know, he's a he's a really really good player, and he does everything that that Joe Wood says he wants in safety, as does Williams. So that you know, that's a potential game changer. He's better than. You know, those two safeties are better than anyone who is available in free agency, uh, probably, period. I mean, you can make a case for J.J. Watt, you know, sort of, but those those are basically the next two, um, especially for the Browns. So, you know, that's that. Th- those are sort of the big ones. Um, the Steelers didn't tag anyone. No one, no one they would. The Browns didn't tag anyone. The Ravens didn't tag anyone, I don't think. Yeah, they didn't tag anyone either. And the Bengals didn't tag anyone. So nobody in the AFC North tagged anybody. So, you know, everything everything right now is on what the hell are the Bengals doing because obviously they've got two players that could get a lot of demand if they get out uh, into the open market. William Jackson is terrifying uh, to me because he's so uh, uneven in how he plays, you know, he can be a lockdown defender at points and just be, you know, he can be Kevin King on fire at other times. So, you know, that's a tough spot. And I think um, certainly the pass rusher they have is very talented. I don't know if he's as good as some people want him to be. Um, And there's some injury questions there. Certainly he would be a nice pickup for somebody else. Mm -hmm. Uh, but you know, the Ravens have some issues here. Uh, I, you know, I thought maybe they would tag Ngakwe. Uh, they weren't going to tag Matthew Judon. He was tagged last year, but now they've got both of their. Oh, Judon's too old. He's too old. Well, you know, just, it's, it's difficult to pay, you know, to tag anyone twice. Um, you know, you weren't going to do it for Judon who wasn't great last year. He's Okay. Um, and he's somebody that that the Browns could potentially take a look at. I don't love Judon, you know, in the same way I, I, I don't love, uh, you know, a few of these other pass rushers. Again, he's he's a better run defender than you think he would be. I, I don't think he's a great pass rusher. Uh, I, I know, like, pro football focus likes him better than than a lot of people do. Um, so, I mean, if you're, if you're saying you're okay with that type of player, you can potentially put him across from – Miles Garrett, it, it really comes down to what are you willing to pay for that? I, I don't know if I'm willing to to go up and th- get that price. Uh, but right now, I think beyond John Johnson, the big focus now becomes on Trey Hendrickson. Where's he? Uh, the other free agent for the Saints. Where's he going to go? Um, I, I think he screams out at the Browns um, in terms of the type of rusher he is. He's an upfield rusher with some size and length which seems ideal to what they want to do. You have to answer the question, is he sort of a, a one-year wonder? Um, he's a freaky athlete. He had, you know, always was coming out of Florida Atlantic, and he's never been hurt, really. So those are, are things that I think 
are beneficial. Bud Dupree, I, 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 my guess is we're going to have to hear about him the entire way until he finally signs. I, I can't stress enough how terrifying he is to sign. I, I just have George Edwards screaming in my head when I watch Bud Dupree back when he was with the Minnesota Vikings and they hit Jared Allen, Jared Allen and the Williams wall. And you know, he would get like eight sacks a year. And then he signs with Atlanta uh, for a monster deal. And then he's like out of the league in two years. And he's a, he's a uh, UFC fighter. Like that, that taking that, you know, make paying premium dollars to a defensive end. that's like the fourth best rusher on a team and has a knee issue. And it always felt like he was unblocked when he was producing. And they didn't lose a step without him. Those all terrify me. So I'm hoping he will sign elsewhere and get a big check. Uh, that's not with the Browns. I, I don't think the Browns are that stupid. Uh, it just, it looks like a trap, but I think he's going to in no small part because of the fact that he played for the Steelers is going to be mentioned endlessly in terms of the Browns interest. But I don't think that that is likely to be a thing. Um, we're going to get to this. We're going to go a little bit more in depth here uh, in this edge group here in the second segment. And part of it, look, we were, you know, it was obviously a glaring hole to begin with. Um, but the news today, uh, the Browns have released uh, Adrian Claiborne. Um, I, I I don't necessarily get the move um, from the standpoint of you could have kept him around the summer if you had some guys essentially pass him on the depth chart. Everybody's always looking for pass rush. It wouldn't have been that difficult to you know move him, not for a big asset due to his age, uh, due to the fact that he's a little bit limited as where as he can line up. Um, but for what they brought him in for last Pete for uh, last year, Pete, for what they thought or assumed the role was going to be this year, I, I, it's you know, look, I understand the age, all the stuff, yada yada yada, and it, guys, it's you know, everybody always the depth, don't overpay for depth. There's certain positions where that doesn't essentially apply. Pass rush is one of them. Uh, you know, I'm not going to lose sleep over the move, Pete, but, you know, as far as established pass rushers currently on this roster, you just released today your second most established pass rusher on your roster. So the first thing with this is you don't release Adrian Claiborne because you're freeing up space for guys that you don't have. So you're not, you know, you're not, you don't have to be the cap. You don't have to have the cap number right to sign these guys. You have to work it out. Sure. But go ahead. Yeah. I mean, like, so it's not, you, you, you can't read into this and go, well, they, they, they released Adrian Claiborne. Clearly this is so they can get Trey Hendrickson and, you know, other guy, like, you don't, if you, if you, you can make it as transactional as you want, you could sign a guy and release him the same day. The, the the evaluation they made was in a vacuum. They made the the calculation that three million dollars of cap space and giving give you know five hundred thousand dollars in dead money next year is worth more than what Adrian Claiborne brings this team. I personally disagree with that assessment, but I'm curious to see where they go um, from here. Um, and it's interesting because they have some some pieces sitting there that aren't really well known. Um, obviously, they are going to get Curtis Weaver back, you know, whatever that's worth. If he has an NFL body, maybe he's interesting. You know, the, the Dolphins drafted and the Browns grabbed him and immediately put on an injured reserve. 
Well, since you know, he possibly a, grew up a, a little bit because that's a that free, talk, some of the talk down in Miami, but go ahead. Yeah, that's a free opportunity. The one that isn't that I just sort of see hanging out is Joe Jackson. And, you know, the Browns claim Joe Jackson when the, when the Cowboys waived him. They get him off waivers. And despite all the roster turnover they have and the fact that he was basically never active, they never moved him off the roster. So I'm led to believe they see something in Joe Jackson because he's still under contract. Uh, you know, he costs like nothing. But I'm led to believe that they see enough in Joe Jackson that they're at least interested to see what he can do in another training camp. He's 6'4", he's 275 pounds. So he's got some ability to, to fill in that role of, of being an end, potentially kicking inside, which is something Adrian Claiborne could do. Uh, obviously, between those guys and Port Augustine, you know, they need help, a lot of it on the edge. And they have a lot of different options to, to go with that. Um, I, you know, I, I believed all along that they will get a veteran pass rusher. You know, that may be Trey Hendrickson. It may be a guy like Takaris McKinley, who is going to be a free agent. And the Browns tried to claim 17 times last year. Um and maybe that was entirely a curiosity to see what he had, but it wouldn't surprise Similar me. Similar to Weaver. Hey, young, let's give him a shot in a fresh environment. Yeah, it just wouldn't surprise me if they go ahead and sign him. He, he's he's at most as a first-round pick, but he's not a bad player, and he's got some size and some other things that they might like. Uh, I, I think he's personally a good third guy, but you could technically throw him out there in first down. Uh, and rundowns you know Romeo Quara is interesting I, I think his lack of athleticism scares me but if you get, right. get a guy like Okora and then the whole farm else maybe that's maybe that's a, a, a good plan I, I I think more than you know I think whatever you do it's a two-person attack whether it's Trey Hendrickson right. and then not having to worry about it or if it's uh, you know, it's sort of a, a, a piecemeal type approach where it's not higher end free agents. It's sort of that second tier guys and maybe a higher draft pick. That's a different option. But I think ultimately you're going to end up with two guys one way or another. We're going to break this down here a little bit more uh, in our next segment on your Wednesday edition of Lifetime Browns. If you haven't, make sure you check out Mock Draft Monday. Also, John Costco joined us last night. We went through some PFF scores relative to free agents. And again, another one where the uh, Saints, you know, Marcus Williams dream has died. Um, you know, I don't know, maybe if now is the point to maybe try to get some a better asset for him now in a trade. We'll see how it works out. More coming on your Wednesday. Locked on Browns. The Improved Built Bar is even deliciouser now with 18 amazing flavors currently including nut and non-nut flavors. Six current new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp. As you know, the bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They are soft and they are easy to chew. Bill Bar is great for the health conscious guy or gal. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. They are great with the keto diet. The flavor profile for your Cherry Barcia bar, 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams net carbs. Go to BuiltBar.com right now. Use the promo code LOCKDOWN20 and you'll get 20% off 
your next purchase. Again, new promo code LOCKDOWN20 for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. I do believe this is one of these bigger names at the edge position, whether it's a San Reddick, whether it's a Nikan Gakwe, whether it is a Quora, whether it is uh, you know Carl Lawson, whether it is Carlos Dunlap, Dre Hendrickson, Tack McKinley, whatever the top five is of this free agent edge group, I believe they're going to go probably really, really hard here in their attempts to bring in one of these guys. You know, JD, Jadavian Clowney, I'd rather not even entertain that. My God, please, let's not do this, after, especially after what he did last year. But and and this will also dictate. I you know either way, I think Edge will be one of the top four selections, whether it's twenty six, whether it's fifty nine, whether it's eighty nine, whether it's ninety one. Um, the question could be is you know what do you sign from the Edge class here, and is it twenty six? Is it fifty nine, eighty nine, or ninety one? If you go top shelf here, maybe it could be eighty nine, ninety one. If you sign maybe middle of this list, then you're talking possibly 26. But there's a lot of names out here now. And the fact now that it's, you know, basically some role players that maybe have some upside behind Miles Garrett. I think this is one. And with the release of Claiborne, again, this has nothing to do with the money. But I think for the Browns, kind of what it is, is we wanted to get younger at the position. We're going to go heavy on a starter anyway. So why don't we let, you know, Mr. Claiborne, go find his next, you know, and as Adrian Claiborne said, we'll see what's next for me. Uh, but it's going to be, they're going to be heavy in on a lot of these names, Pete. Question is going to be which one do they, you know, go the ultimate highest route for to hopefully get the deal, you know, basically closed, done, and get Miles Garrett, his new running mate for hopefully the next three, four seasons. Well, if I had to get, guess which one they like the best, I would assume it's Trey Hendrickson. He fits the, the mold of the type of guy they've gone after, uh, size, length. Uh, I, I think the ability to sort of protect that second level is really, really valuable. Um, I, uh, it, af- after that, you know, it, it, it's a question, I think, uh, maybe get going for uh, Carl Carl Lawson from the Bengals might be interesting. Uh, but, but I have to think uh, that the Browns want um, – somebody with some size. It's not to say they can't or won't go after somebody that smallish type like Hassan Reddick or Yannick Ngakwe or something along those lines. But um, I think you have to get another base guy to do that. And the entire thing with that is just, if you think it out, just in terms of teams trying to run the ball, uh, especially in a division where, you know, all these teams utilize a lot of tight ends, and you just sort of line up, how are you going to stop the, you know, a running team? You're not going to put Yannick Ngakwe or Hassan Reddick or let's say you, you draft Aziz Olajari. Uh, you're not going to put them on the tight end side. Um, it's just not going to work. So you pigeonhole yourself in some respects, uh, forcing yourself to put Miles Garrett to the tight end, uh, unless you get somebody else who can sort of, do that job. When you get into passing situations, it doesn't matter. In fact, you can sort of use it to an, an advantage to sort of hide that uh, that that uh, sort of that edge rusher in space and almost use uh, that that the tight end going out uh, for a pass is, is a little bit of a pick. But that's sort of the, the hiccup with that is 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 it's why I think it's really valuable to be able to get 
what they had with Olivier Vernon, that you could move Miles Garrett around freely and never have to think about that. So Trey Hendrickson is the most natural guy for that type of thing. Um, you know, Romeo Aquara certainly could fit in that mix. Uh, with Romeo Aquara, it's entirely about whether you believe this year was a genuine sort of eureka moment for him, particularly the second half, or uh, if you think, you know, th this year was sort of like a fluke situation where he just got hot. Um, if you like him, you know, he can be that base guy and maybe you just have to get another edge rusher to come in and, and attack more, or you can move him around theoretically. But that's where I think they still would like to go, but I think they, they can adjust. I mean, the Denver Broncos have been doing this where they had uh, Bradley Chubb as sort of their down end, and they could put Von Miller anywhere. But the thing, well, the thing that is, is they're more than content to put Bradley Chubb to the tight end and let Von Miller play a little bit more in space or that open side of the formation. You know, obviously the Browns prioritize Miles Garrett, understandably. So that's a better option. And the one guy you could, I, I guess, take a look at, and this would be Preston Smith. If if he comes, you know, maybe he becomes an opportunity. Uh, he's a guy I kind of like. He's a little inconsistent. Um, but he he's somebody that you could theoretically make a – potentially make a move for. So I think – Again, I think the size and the, the essentially ass is a priority for the Browns on the D-line uh, across the board, really. Now, going back to Olivia Vernon and the success that he had with Miles Garrett, do you believe, Pete, and I think we probably do agree here, that this is it's not going to be so much more about the pass rusher that you are. It's going to be, you know, can you be an assignment-driven player? Can you set the edge? Obviously, you know, when your opportunity – are there uh can you bring the quarterback down but it's going to be more about you know it's not going to be about sack numbers it's not going to be just about pass rushing ability it's about you know how complete can you play the role you're asked at edge right i mean obviously olivier vernon was was really really good uh, in terms of understanding how to play the position and play the run and sort of take away lanes and that type of stuff um you know and, and as a result it may not happen until, you know, January or or somewhere, you know, December or somewhere in that area where they may not sign him until then because they don't know when he's going to be available. But, you know, that's certainly an option and he could give you a little bit of a, a little extra juice at the end of the year or somebody. Um, but that's that's where it's tough. I mean, you, you know, that Olivier Vern was really good for that. Not everybody else is as committed. Now, certainly I think, Miles Garrett has picked up a lot from Olivier Vernon. Hopefully, Miles Garrett can sort of impart some of that wisdom that helps uh, for somebody like you know some of these guys are are still young uh, and figuring this thing out. That you can hopefully help in that respect. I agree, and you know that's where we're going to get through this, and that's where maybe the names of Assad Reddick, who's probably better suited for a three-four, uh, you know certainly some other guys, you know Tack McKinley. This would be strictly you know, four, you know, second and long, third and long, most likely um, as you know, the young man is, you know, kind of had incomplete, I guess, to this point in his NFL career. You never know that could maybe work with a guy like Joe Jackson, a guy with like Porter Gustin who can, you know, you know, they may not excel in the pass rushing, uh, but they have body types that at least would be able to fit as far as, you know, handling and being able to execute 
you know, what their given role is on, you know, first and 10, certainly within run defense, because where you're going to eventually start to, you know, trickle down to where it's going to be more defensive backs on the field. Um, you know, you're going to have a lot, a lot of faith and need for these defensive linemen to, you know, set edges and make sure everything's funneling back up the middle because you're going to play more defensive backs. Obviously they're not going to be the Supreme tacklers, you know, that you would wish. We got some questions here. We're going to get to as we continue to roll along, uh, roll along on your Wednesday hump day version of Locked On Browns. Just because the NFL season is over does not mean your interest or want to or ability to sports wager has to end. We've got just the place. BetOnline.ag. We trust them. Uh, we have a lot of faith in the good folks over at BetOnline.ag. Sign up for a brand new account on betonline.ag. Use the promo code all caps locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. Obviously, NCA conference tournaments underway, NCA tournament underway soon. NHL, NBA, MLB. It's not far away from opening day, kids. Be ready for it. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Do not forget to use the promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus. With your first deposit, Bet Online, your online sports book experts. Mr. Smith, as the waters become clearer and clearer about what is and who is going to be available come early next week, we all agree some of the biggest targets for the Browns and holes you have to fill wide receiver position, edge, linebacker, cornerback, safety, Pete. Obviously, all these holes will not be cleared. We do not know how many free agents the Browns are going to sign. But give me three, give me four between wide receiver, edge, linebacker, cornerback, safety, something that probably works financially and something that would certainly work at each position to help this team going further. Well, I mean, safety, John Johnson's the best guy there. Uh, I think the Browns would take him in a heartbeat. Uh, I think they'd be happy to sign Trey Hendrickson. Um and and receiver wise, you know he's he's not uh, going to be super exciting, and 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 some people will be unhappy at the fact that, um, you know, it's not re-signing Rashard Higgins. But Rashard Perryman makes a ton of sense, and seems like somebody you can snatch up on day one of free agency. While other guys, you know, all these other people are worried about these bigger name receivers that are going to be theoretically out there even though some of those guys got tagged today. One of these this or that things, though. I mean, while everybody's chasing Kenny Galladay, well, can I go get somebody for maybe a tenth of the price from Bashard Perriman, who we already know Baker Mayfield has a relationship with, and it's already worked? Yeah, I mean, a lot's going to depend on what he actually wants um, and, and what he thinks he can get, but certainly there's a, a there's clearly you know, a role. You're dealing, and you're dealing with that little, that little menacing evil presence. And that's, that's somewhat a pain in the ass to deal with at times. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know what the, the, the Rosenhaus factor is going to be in here. Ultimately, you know, Rosenhaus can't, can only do so much if his client says, I want to go here. Um, so, you know, maybe that's a, an added little thing. But they have to get more vertical speed. Um, they have to get more of a, a threat. Uh, Brashad Perryman, you know, he's – no one's confusing what he does. He's big, fast, and strong, and he's really easy to work with because you know where he's going. Um, and, he, and he obviously was really successful with that. So 
look, I, I don't foresee them going after a bigger wide receiver. I don't, it doesn't make any sense to, to, to pay more into a position that's frankly not delivering right now. Uh, so, I, you know, if you get a role player that can really open up the offense and, and do what something they were trying to do last year uh, and, and ultimately ended up with guys like Kadero Hodge and, and some of those, who's fine, but Perryman's simply better, uh, then they open things up. The, the, the issue is, and, and I'm curious to see how this plays out, because Andrew Barry in his press conference sort of hinted that the Browns aren't going to be super active. Maybe he's covering his bases. Maybe he's, uh, you know, just trying to sort of lower expectations. Um, it's not just, I, I, not active necessarily is, is what he said, but just he, he sort of emphasized sort of unconventional means, which to me sounds like trades, you know, getting veterans uh, that teams are trying to unload uh, for cheap. You know, obviously the Patriots did that today. They, they give up nothing to get uh, to get a tackle uh, from the Raiders. So Dolphins you know, did it yesterday. Yeah, I, I mean, well, yeah, well, I mean, that 350-pound ham you really liked in the draft's working out. Um, Come on, they, Pete. South Beach is always the way to go, you know, find a guy who cannot stay interested, cannot stay focused. Bring him down to South Beach. I mean, there's, God knows there's nothing to do down there. But that's the thing is, like, you know, we could sort of try to figure out some of these things. Like, Stefan Gilmore seems like somebody's just sort of hanging out there that could potentially be had in a trade. Uh, you know, if, if the Saints are in, intent on keeping Marcus Williams, maybe they're, they're willing to uh, make a move with Marshawn Lattimore. I think, you know, that's pretty ideal for what the Browns need in what is a pretty limited corner field. Uh, I, I'm sure the Saints would love to keep both of them. I just don't know how they pull that off. Uh, but there are going to be other players. Now, but that's a good thing. Yeah. Okay. I just don't know how they keep any of them right now, the Saints, but I mean, good luck with all that math, but go ahead. That was, that was it. All right. Pete, um, now, obviously, you know, with what's going on here, this is going to be a double dip. Um, most likely it's going to be a veteran at the edge position. Most likely it's going to be somebody drafted. Um, you know, three guys from Miami, obviously, uh, in this class. Um, you know, Duke's got a couple of players in this class. Um, the, the one, and I, 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 I've seen you tweeting about it and it still just doesn't make any sense. And I understand people are in love with him due to the, you know, leaked athletic numbers. But Pete, as we talk about all the time with an Atlantic analytic board, there's athleticism. There's so many other things that go into this. And you talk about a player who is a, Phenomenal. And probably no other way to say that if those testing numbers are true. Phenomenal athlete. He had the same amount of sacks last year, Pete, as you and I. Yeah, Jason Owa, I, I just have a very difficult time seeing an NFL. And here we go with Penn State having athletes and never doing anything with them. But go ahead. Here we are year in, year out, like clockwork. You can sit your watch by it. But go ahead, buddy. 
Well, yeah, I mean, that's certainly true about Penn State in producing what basically are Olympic caliber athletes that didn't win anything. But just, I, I don't know how a team takes Jason Owa on the first day and then goes through that press conference. That sounds like the worst thing you could possibly imagine. I can just envision like Tony Grossi going, wait a minute, this you drafted a pass rusher? Yeah. And he had zero sacks this year. Yeah. Why, why, why did you take a pass rush for that zero sacks? Oh, so just, that would be the next question. So, oh, so he opted out? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, it's just a, a tough. And, a, a, you know, I, I understand there are people who believe that, you know, production is not a necessary metric. I would argue that they that that is, you know, simply wrong uh, in you terms of that. Case you can't say, I mean, because it's zero production. It's not like, oh, well, you know, it was only two or three. It's zero. It's nothing. And I understand that this was like a, a very, you know, st- the start of the turnaround for, for, for the State University of New, New Jersey. But he couldn't even like accidentally get a sack against Rutgers. Uh, so, I mean, like, you're, you're telling me that that a guy who couldn't beat up on some of those teams and, and get a sack is suddenly going to be the right man for the job to beat Ronnie Stanley and, you know, the various other tackles that that, that he's going to face. I mean, I get it. He's fast, but he's not, Bar- you know, like some people are even trying to compare him to Barkevius Mingo. Barkevius Mingo dominated some games. Like he just, he took apart Clemson in their bowl game that year and he had some production. So, I mean, I, I, I don't see how he goes in the first round. I, I'm, I'm, I'll be, you know, I'll be aghast if, if, if a team goes that route. Um, I, I, I'm not in on, on the, the Miami pass rusher. Who's maybe one hit from retirement, uh, who had half one season where he's good. I, I, I love what Gregory Rousseau can be. Um, if you want to say he's Matthias Kiwanuka, you know, that's not a bad place to be for the Browns. Uh, he, you know, basically six, six with ridiculously long arms, 260 pounds or somewhere around there. And he's, you know, he, he dominated the ACC at 19 years old. Uh, and, you know, I, I get it. He didn't have a position or all this, uh, this that, and the other, and, and they were lining up in different places. He had 15 and a half sacks that year. He had 19 and a half tackles for loss. I mean, they, they, the, the kid that, you know, this year – had eight sacks and he's supposed to be great. Like again, 15 and a half sacks at 19 years old. Uh, look, there are any number of questions with, with Rousseau. What has he been doing this past year? You know, is his athleticism there? You know, did he put on good weight? You know, just what has he been sort of up to and how did he sort of improve himself? But for a team like the Browns, you, you know, this is the type of, uh, this would be the type of move that like the Ravens or the Steelers would make when they were sort of, in their heyday, and you would just groan knowing what was coming from that pick. It may not be that at first year, but just knowing that it's coming. And and that's what that feels like, where you have Miles Garrett, and suddenly you're going, oh, my God, you also have Rousseau, and potentially somebody else they assigned in, in free agency. It's like, when does it end uh, from that standpoint? So to me, of those, I like Rousseau the best. I think you have the most homework to do with him. But – between zero sacks and zero health, uh, those are the three. I mean, I would happily take uh, Osai from Texas over over either of those two. Uh, he's got crazy production, even though he's got his own questions in terms of strength and being able to hold, hold up at the point of attack. Uh, Aziz 
Oliviari, I, I think he's tantalizing. Hey, I, I still come back to that issue of where do you put him? Are you are you now scores scheming your defense around uh, having to to get him opened up and and sacrificing with Miles Gear or you know do you have that third guy who can come in and be a base and then you know he comes in as, as a, a a package pass designated pass rusher so to speak and just is a is a nightmare speed rusher you know that's an interesting way to go he's certainly very talented very young uh, but those guys are all way better than than Owa or or the 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 kid coming out of Miami this year. All right, Pete, we're getting a little bit short on time, but I'm going to go with this one last one here. Um, now that we have a clearer picture of you know names at least going to hit the market, um, obviously Pittsburgh, not a lot of money. Baltimore always created with the cap. Cincinnati the question will be, you know, can you close on some big names? Is there a name or two out there that we don't necessarily you know, would maybe would maybe keep uh you know some Browns fans, some Browns coaches up at night as far as free agents and maybe connecting with a certain team within the AFC North. Um, the Ravens have given themselves a lot of flexibility. They have major major holes. Um, both pass rushers. I mean, they're losing three right now if they don't keep any of them. Ties possibly losing a tackle as well. Yeah, so that I mean that's like the big thing that's hanging out there is they've got cap space, but they also have to address all these issues. So they're sort of a wild card from that standpoint. Uh, you know, if they can get, you know, they could resign an Ngakwe or they could, you know, if they, they were to get a guy like Hassan Reddick, you know, that would be theoretically a, a challenge uh, for the Browns. I, you know, I, the Browns are good enough where I'm not like terribly worried about it, other than those safeties. Mm -hmm. Like if Marcus Williams or John, John Johnson was to end up on, on, on a team in the AFC North, I would not be happy to see that. Um, the Bengals could be in the market to go get uh, Pat, if, uh, get Thune, who's going to be available from the Patriots at guard. You know, if they can get him, that would obviously be a big, big, big deal for them. Um, you know, it's a shame it's, Burrow's leg is already mangled, but certainly getting another guy in there that's, you know, super proven and good would be really helpful. I mean, the, the other guys that the other guys I would say for the Browns that I would keep an eye out that, that I think could be really interesting. Keanu Neal is interesting to me. Um, it, he, he was sort of criticized. I mean, he's had issues staying healthy with the Falcons, but, you know, he's criticized for being a box safety. Well, the Browns are looking for a guy specifically to do what Keanu Neal does. And he's really good at it. And he can blitz. So if you're saying we want a, a you know, you know, the, they, they let Carl Joseph walk and they say, well, we want a better Rover. I think Keanu Neal could be that guy. And then I've mentioned him, but again, to Karis McKinley, it's just an unusual amount of interest from the Browns. Again, it, it may have been just to sort of take a look and maybe they weren't interested in it, but he's got a lot of things that I think they might really like and could potentially go and sign for. And maybe they could get him early in the process under budget uh, and, and maybe get a potential value there. I think those are two guys that I, I think the Browns are potentially uh, early that first day of, of free agency, the Browns may go after that second and third tier free agent to try to get them done quickly. Uh, As opposed to last year where they went to the, you know, obviously they went to the meat last year at the buffet this year, they might go to the side dishes. Well, maybe, I mean, it's like, yeah, obviously they got 
Conklin and they got uh, they got uh, Austin Hooper, but they also got you know Case Keenum. You know, this these, these guys would be more significant than the Case Keenum signing, but certainly I think in that same vein where it was sort of like, oh, and we're also getting Case Keenum. That's, you know, that's fine. We needed a backup quarterback. So, I, you know, let's say they come out of a, a day one of the free agency and they, they sign Tack McKinley and Keanu Neal. Like neither of those things are going to really make it move, so to speak. It, you know, it's not the mango of free agent signings, but uh, it is players that I think could really help them specifically for what they want to do on defense. Yeah. And with Tack McKinley, I mean, it was almost kind of like, you know, the young guy outside the, uh, the girl's bedroom window tossing the pebbles, trying to get her attention for a date. Uh, they certainly gave their due diligence. And, you know, what they can say to Tech McKinley is, do you want to go through what you went through last year? Here you go. One year, two million, nothing guaranteed, a bunch of incentives. You know where you'll be playing in the 2021 season. You're not going to have to deal with any of this nonsense that you dealt with last year. Uh, it seems an easy enough one here. And at least you get him into camp um, and, you know, see what they can possibly get out of him with the coaching that they have. Uh, we've gone over a bunch here. Uh, obviously, franchise tag uh, deadline has come and gone. Uh, clearer and clearer, at least the players that will be available to be spoken to, to be courted, whether or not they end up returning to where they're currently employed, we'll see. Uh, the Saints, everybody from uh, Browns Nation basically says sit on it and spin for what you did today. Uh, we've gone over the edge group now that where it's an even bigger hole with the release of Adrian Claiborne today. Uh, you know, some questions here and, you know, addressing here these next few days uh, as things are really, really starting to pop here in the NFL as the calendar turns towards next week uh, with the illegal tampering period. And then, of course, St. Patrick's Day, free agency officially open for business. He is Pete Smith, uh, Browns Digest over at Sports Illustrated. Pete and his team, fantastic job cranking it out day in, day out. Make sure you're following at underscore Pete Smith underscore Myself, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, DMs are open. Questions, ideas, anything you guys need. Um, you know, as we close on into a thousand episodes, again, as I'll always tell you, none of this is possible without any of you guys being here every day. So, you know, as much as I can give back to you all for being here, I, you know, I will forever continue to try to do that. Locked on Browns, follow back account. DMs are open. Whether it's iTunes, whether it's Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts, Make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you leave those five-star ratings, written reviews. Make sure you check out Mock Draft Monday. John Costco last night as we tried to put a PF primer here on free agency, you know, coming through here this week. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Brown.